you kind of think of these as virtual worlds, but they're real. The memories are real. This is a revolution. For this, our second episode, I'm talking to one of the world's top creatives. He has an incredible track record from the advertising industry with top positions in some of the world's most renowned agencies. But now, he's moved into gaming. How's it? And a warm welcome to Pele Chanel, Chief Creative Director at Activision Blizzard. Really nice to have you with us today. Really good to uh, reconnect after quite some time, actually. I think we were just saying early on, it's been almost two years since you and I last met in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, it's too long, Charles. It's too long, my friend. Too and long. Lots has happened in, in those two years. I mean, we said uh, there was this thing called the pandemic all the way up to Delta. But I guess that lots have been happening in your life as well, my friend. And I think that's very much the, the, the area of interest for us, uh, this move from advertising into gaming. would love to connect with you around that uh, I know, I mean, you, you, you have been a doyen in advertising. I mean, why, why the heck would somebody who has made such a huge impact in the world of advertising want to move into this thing called gaming? Fantastic. Well, first I have to say, I'm just deeply honored to, to be on this and talk to you. And uh, I'm really honored by the invite and I'm excited to talk, to talk to you and talk about this. I love still advertising. I, I've loved working in it. I was fortunate to to make a career out of a passion and uh, to work with so many great brands and, um, and, and people and clients and, and things throughout the years. As I realized that I had no choice uh, but to do this because it was so exciting to do the switch, I realized that I had, in a way, defending history my whole career without really fully maybe knowing it or, or wanting to think about it in the terms that I was not part of the, the creative revolution of the 60s when you put a copywriter and an art director together for the first time and, and communication became creativity and, you know, it was information before and then it became communication and, and the whole revolution there that happened and that obviously created a huge industry, a fascinating industry that that I wanted to join because of all the amazing things that happened. But I was still not part of the historic shift. Uh, I, was, I was part of uh, the wave after where I was incredibly excited about working with ideas, communication, empathetic kind of uh, thinking to help brands grow and, and those things. But I was not creating something new. I was rooting for an industry saying it should be better it should be treated better i think it should be uh, it had more potential than sometimes it, it deserved to have and i wanted to create innovation in it so that's why i moved to to hollywood and opened up bbh la and things to kind of be on the the avant-garde or the cutting edge of, of what what it could be but then when i realized that i instead of defending history i could i could create the future I could be part of, of, of something that is going to be um, historic. I could say I was, I was there when it happened. Uh, not that gaming just started and the, the success of, of gaming is I'm standing on the shoulder of giants, obviously, joining uh, such an yeah. amazing industry at this time. Um, 
but I can be part of, of what I think is is the the shift that is happening in the world of entertainment towards interactive entertainment and you know the pandemic just proved how important it is to be connected interactively to each other and to be able to enjoy the togetherness the uh, the power of uh, of interactive entertainment is uh, it has just started but you know the the thing that I'm I'm very humbled by firstly is that you've uh, you've agreed to be on the show uh, secondly the fact that uh, you talk about wanting to be part of a, a revolution or a change or a shift and yet you know you have been associated with so many shifting and and game changing initiatives in your own career so i find it very humbling to hear somebody of your stature saying getting to the rocket when i've always I've always looked at you as somebody who's, you know, who's driving that rocket in the first place. Uh, and certainly when, you know, when, when we were working together, I felt like you were landing that rocket in, in our garden at Absolute. Uh, and so to hear you saying, look, there's a, there's a faster, bigger rocket that landed in your garden, I think is pretty amazing. It's so nice of you to say that, but I think I want to turn everything into a rocket. <laughs> uh, I want, not meaning in success-wise, in, in adventure-wise. I want to see what is... What is the next? I remember working, uh, being a creative director for In Yellow Fats, which is uh, margarine and all, and trying to turn that into something exciting. You kind of always have to figure out a way to make what you what you have at hand to be exciting as as a rocket. But the truth is that to me, there's there's no doubt that this is one of those rockets right now that uh, that is so exciting to be part of. Oh, I think. I th- couldn't agree with you more, to be honest with you, Pele. What's fascinating for me, though, you know, you have the title Chief Creative Officer. What does a Chief Creative Officer do? You know, in, in, in any organization, in any creative leadership, is um, it's one of those things that's needed. In some organizations, it's treated differently. You know, uh, in I, I see it as leadership is from, is from underneath and it's not from above, Um I see it as a supporting role as opposed to a um, reporting to. When you have organizations like like big ones like this, it's it's about bridging, finding synergies. It's, it's, if I was a gaming character and I could pick my skills, it would be to be able to steer the flow of creativity <laughs> through an organization uh, and to have a spell that do those things. But I think it's also important to in an industry that is uh, booming is to make sure that the, the boom doesn't separate the pieces, but it creates, you, you create energy together to become that, that rocket uh, again. It's a very different job. It's similar in many ways, especially when it comes to communication. That is a lot of these um, pro- products are launched and uh, seasons in, in gaming are important and uh, there's creativity needed all over with with that in mind do you think you've gone from a broad canvas you know across multiple industries in the ad industry to a narrower or smaller canvas or do you think you know that that canvas in its own right is is getting bigger I mean, how would you how would you see that uh, that shift from advertising to gaming much much bigger if i can explain uh, you know we have about half a billion users across our platforms incredible in some ways it's it's bigger than a lot of social platforms uh it's enormous uh the amount of people who are enjoying our games the gaming industry is 
is bigger than music, movies, television put together. I mean, that's very clear. When you look at you look at the revenues being generated out of the gaming industry, you know, it's it's now bigger than the the whole of the entertainment industry. It's phenomenal. Um, but you know, in terms of reaching consumers, this uh, multiple touch points that that are emerging, there's a there's a feeling that I sometimes get that we're it's fragmenting to the point where we can't make sense of it. I mean, how do you how do you go about connecting on a level where you can convey a message to your consumers? Is it through the games themselves? Is it beyond that? You know, what's your approach to to connecting with users? This is one of the enormous benefits of and 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 it it makes me fortunate feel fortunate every day is that when you work on different brands like I have, there aren't real fans of deodorant. Yeah. I've worked a lot on Axe and I looked at Ulibert Price. Obviously, that makes it an incredibly exciting challenge. But um, when you have fans on Facebook for a brand, you do not they're not real fans like you are of entertainment, probably of musicians or television shows or, or, or games. And we have incredibly passionate fans, real fans. So the connection is not hard. They're they're connected to us. They're 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 the ones you know telling us what to do more or less uh, because it's theirs. Uh, working on a lot of other brands, the effort is to reach people. Uh, in this case, they're on all the time. Um, so we it's more what do you do with that? How do you serve the fans? Uh, and how do you find new fans who who aren't uh, in there yet so it's so different uh when you think about trying to create a follower following of a, of a brand or growth for a brand that doesn't have the natural daily passion for the product it's real fandom i mean it's for the first time when i went to blizzcon which is this amazing yearly um, event that blizzard does many many people got married through playing world of warcraft and they're there to celebrate that that's fascinating it, it is fascinating but it's also of course it makes sense you know um if you think about how many people met on uh concerts or yeah. met through um you know through the music or uh, went to the movies together or like things but this this is a constant connection between people that is really powerful and real and i think that's the that's the big learning for me is that you kind of think of these as virtual worlds, but they're real. You know, the memories are real. If you and I play tonight, we, we were there. We will have memories of being in, running in the, let's say, the, the woods of Verdansk in Call of Duty Warzone. We were there. Those memories will stick with us. I remember when you uh, told me you were scared or when I said, let's go this way because I know I know how to do this. That is not virtual. That's real memories. It's just that our brains are there, uh, not our physical bodies. But that's where these connections are so powerful because um, when I watch a movie, even though if it's as big as a passion for Game of Thrones or Star Wars that I love, I wasn't there. You know, I'm, I'm seeing it through stories, through characters and things. But I, in this case, I, I'm there. Uh, and I'm sharing that space with you that those memories will come with us uh, many people have some of their strongest relationships through these platforms you know what's what, what really triggers me is that so often i mean you set it up front you know with uh, with deodorant and i guess this is true for many consumer brands you, you're trying to create the connection you, you spend a lot of your creative energy looking for ways to create momentum and to create connection what you've just described is 
is is almost the 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 flip side of that now in, in the industry that you're in is how do you harness the existing energy and connection yes and you know what advice would you give to people like myself who are looking to really connect their brands into culture into those relationships between people you know would you say stay out of it buddy like, or yeah I mean, what would what should we do i don't think it absolutely is not stay out of it but i do believe that there is a different approach to it than than other environments and i think there's a simple simple rule which is if you can help players have more fun add to the gameplay that they're playing then of course you're you should be there and you will be well you're you're part of the game but if you want to go in and like in other medias you want to interrupt and insert yourself and uh, stop what they're doing and think about you then then it's wrong it's it's the same rule it's just that in this case because we're creating the worlds it's not we're not relying on the world that we have we're creating new worlds we can create new things that you can provide okay so what what i mean by that is I'm going to just wing some things now. Uh, a lot of games have um, a place where you can go as friends, uh, a lobby or a starting point, and you're good at making lounges. Yeah. You're good at creating uh, meeting points for people, which is uh, you're adding to my bar experience uh, by having a great brand and making making it feel like a great night because I was uh drinking the right brand or I was uh, enjoying with my friends and I remember it. That exact experience uh, exists there too. It's just that you're not in, uh, you could be in a virtual bar, but it's not to create a virtual bar. It's, it's your, your connecting glue between people. If you can add to the experience that way, add something that makes it fun, that's relevant to the game you're, you're playing, you're, you're, you're working with, then the players will go, I love you guys. Yeah. Thank you for adding to this. And you get me. You get this game. You understand what we're doing here. You understand this moment uh, as opposed to a thousand floating logos in <laughs> in there. Uh, and it seems like you're lost and you don't know why you're there and what I'm supposed to do with it. The communication is always comes down to, in my opinion, in, in one main skill. And it, it's going to sound, uh, it's empathy. And empathy is just understanding what it is to be someone else. Uh, and if you can understand what it is to be a receiver of a, uh, a TV spot or a receiver or someone who sees an out-of-home uh, or someone who uh, hears a radio commercial, it's the same thing as understanding what is it like to play this game and what are the fun things that we could do to enhance that. Yeah, you know, this, this, this word empathy... I mean, I, I just think is a, a very profound word, and, and and added to the the notion of adding value, which I you know we're, it's magic. Yeah, it is magic actually. It is magic. You should think about. I, I think it's one of the bigger things that makes humanity different than than animals. Maybe um, I'm sure that animals can have some empathy, and someone would debate that too. But just to be able to think like the meta thinking of, of being in someone else's shoes and, and, and receiving messages or understanding what that is like is, is imagination. And it's imagination. Imagination is, in a way, it's not real. It, it, it is magic. It's, it, but the cool thing is in games, you can actually make that. 
you can create that and you can experience that and you can be in it and around it and share it. In a way, these worlds that have been created by these amazing game makers are worlds that are out there to be a better or more interesting or more fun world than this one. It's, it's the extension of human imagination of what other worlds could be like that are these games. I think that every brand should feel confident that a version of their product in this world, so to speak, in this physical world, a version of that does exist in a virtual world. I mean, what, what do you think the future of gaming is? I mean, it's, it sounds like we're, we're moving to the space of creating worlds that exist. You know, I've, I've, I remember Second Life, for instance, was one of those maybe forerunners of this other world. But you know, what is the future? BBH was the first one to open up a office in Second Life, I remember. <laughs> Brilliant. So where do you think, where is it all going? Okay, I'm, I'm going to start philosophically with that answer. Uh, and I'm not a scientist or anything like that. I'm just, uh, you know, we're, we're just talking here. But humans are not primarily, and this is my theory, yeah. okay, very pedestrian, is not primarily a physical species. Our dif- the difference between us and animals aren't that much, like we physically uh limbs we can't fly but we we can swim and we can there's not much different uh when it comes to us and them but we have somehow and sadly in many ways dominated this planet and we have um kind of and that's because we're i think we're a, a mental being our brains got bigger and you know all these things that we don't our uh our kids have to be protected because they have so many brains that we uh, they're not developed uh, enough in the body, so they have to get out and we have to protect them till they go, till they can walk and things. Yeah. Uh, but that is because we can then have imagination. We can, we've got other things and we, we're figuring out how to even go to other planets and we're figuring out how to do things. And part of this is that our imagination is building other worlds in this format now, <laughs> you know, that started, I guess, in in very personal journeys when you went to the arcade and played pac-man it was you that game it was no there was no multiplayer it was you know you maybe you get on a top list uh, uh, and with three letters with your three letters other. at the yeah, top exactly with three le- yeah exactly you see like that but then as the species developed internet came around and all of a sudden you can connect these games to people across the world and that's when the big big boom of, of gaming happened is when multiplayer happened. When I can play against someone somewhere else, it's mind-blowing. You can, uh, you can go into an imaginary place in your, in your brain, but that you're looking at, you feel like you're there, and you can play against someone who is not near to you. It's, cr- it's crazy. And because of that, it became such a fulfilling experience. Uh, to to be able to do things that you couldn't do, uh, you're slaying dragons, learning kung fu, you're driving the fastest, coolest cars in the world. You're, um, uh, you know, you're military uh, black ops badass. You're doing all these things that you um, that you couldn't experience before. With that, technology caught up too, and you know now it's almost through photogrammetry and. Uh, and soon, you know, cloud gaming and the speed of the 5G and all the uh, VR and all, all the acronyms, 
they're all serving this space to become as real as reality. The things, if you think about it, like if I grew up in the 1800s, uh, <clears throat> I would have a certain amount of friends. I would physically be able to meet a certain amount of people. I would be able to have a certain amount of experiences uh, in, in my lifetime. Now that's multiplied by so, like not, I don't even have to travel to meet people. I've been to space many times. I, I can teleport. Uh, I, can, I can do all these things that this technology hasn't caught up on this world. It's in there. All the inventions are there. Gaming and, and, and imagination has always, like if you think about entertainment, has always pushed technology. Technology is living up to the imagination. So Gilles Verne wrote you know, the futuristic books and all of a sudden, you know, uh, or, or I went to Italy uh, not long ago and went to the Leonardo da Vinci Museum and you see when the helicopter and all these, like the, these types of things are, and Jetsons, you know, imagine wrist phones where you can kind of, uh, a, a tele television on your arm, you can talk to someone. We have that now because entertainment and imagination, books, songs, movies, games imagined where we can go and then the world follows i believe that yes we will get enormous kind of leaps through artificial intelligence and, and and other things but this imagination leap that is happening in this virtual space and in gaming is is our species extending into we're creating our future that is not fast enough for us yeah. there so so the future of gaming is the future of us. You know, what I love, again, you know, if I take one phrase, this idea of an imagination leap, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't copyrighted that yet, you should, because <laughs> it's, uh, I think, it, I think <laughs> it could define the next generation, this idea of an imagination leap. I actually, I think there's something very, very deep in that. It, but you said it right at the end, and, I, and I'm just curious about one thing. You know, once this rocket has taken off and you've explored all of the possibilities and then you bring it back down to earth, what are the, th you know, what are the things that are holding you back that are frustrating you in your job as a creative in this industry? Uh, you know, considering the multitude of of opportunities. It's, it's exactly where I ended. Uh, I, I think it is where I can see where it's going, but it's not there yet. Yeah. What our studios can accomplish uh, and, and what they're, the, the technology push, the, the beauty, the, the things, what they're doing is absolutely amazing. But it's also, when you think about where it could go, you just want to go there yeah. now. <laughs> and so it's, it's a kid in a candy store. You know, if that is a frustration, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's it sounds like, as you say, a positive uh, positive impatience. Um, just one more. I mean, one more thing. Definitely, when we get there, I'd like to uh, share a cocktail with you and and celebrate. Oh, great! <laughs> the many many milestones that we've missed. What are we drinking? Uh, definitely, for me, it's a dirty martini. How about you, Pele? Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Three olives. Pele, all I can say is it's been an absolute privilege to spend time with you, my friend. Honestly, just uh, hugely inspired by the conversation. And honestly, as the time suggests, we could probably carry on for hours on the subject. So thank you very, very Great. much, Pele. It's been awesome. This is a revolution. You know what time is? This is where Ali and Judge run